0: So today we'll take a look at chapter 3 of 1 Peter. So you can go ahead and open your Bibles up there. 1 Peter chapter 3. And in 1 Peter chapter 3 here, as you look at verse 1 you'll see that it starts with the words, wives likewise, at least in the New King James it does. So let's go back and and see what this letter was talking about before we move on here. So we'll go back into chapter 2, and we'll start reading in verse 11. So 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 11, and this will give us the opportunity to review a little bit of what we studied last week. Uh, so it says, Beloved, I beg of you as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lust, which war against the soul. Now, I expounded on that last week, but just let me implore you again here to take heed to this verse because fleshly lusts do war against our souls. And that word war there is a strong word, and Peter, through the moving of the Holy Spirit, is begging us to abstain. So say no to fleshly lust, the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh. Verse 12 says, Having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles, that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works which they observe glorify God in the day of visitation. And uh, just two quick questions as review, as we review chapter 2 here. Is our conduct honorable? amongst non-believers? It's a question we can ask ourselves. Or do we behave in the same manner that they do? And is our conversation pure, or do we follow their lead? So that verse says, having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles, that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works which they observe, glorify God in the day of visitation. And again, we expounded on all that last week. But verse 13, therefore, submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether to the king as supreme or to governors as to those who are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good, you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men as free, yet not using liberty as a cloak for vice, but as bond servants of God. You see, again, folks, there is this kind of what I would call greasy grace teaching out there that leads people to believe that they can live however they want when it comes to their vices. Right. But. We are not to use the freedom that Christ has purchased for us with his blood. We're not to use that as a covering for us to continually remain in sin. We are bond servants of God and we need to live like it. Others should notice our chaste behavior and be drawn into the righteousness of God that we have found in Jesus Christ. Verse 17, honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. Now, in verse 18 here, we will begin to see the topic of submissiveness. It says, Servants, be submissive to your masters with all fear, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the harsh. For this is commendable, if because of conscience toward God, one endures grief, suffering wrongfully. For what credit is it if when you are beaten for your faults, you take it patiently, but when you do good and suffer, if you take it patiently, this is commendable before God. For to this you were called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps, who committed no sin, nor was deceit found in his mouth, who when he was reviled... Did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but committed himself to him who judges righteously, who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. For you were like sheep going astray, but now have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Wives, verse one, wives, likewise, be submissive to your own husbands, that even if some do not obey the word, they without a word may be won by the conduct of their wives. So we are are to be submissive, we see, to good government, right? We are to be submissive to our master's, And this, of course, can represent our earthly bosses, those that we work for. Christ is our example is what we're seeing here. Ultimately, he is the shepherd and the overseer of our souls. And we are to ultimately be submissive to him. Now, Peter, by the leading of the Holy Spirit here, addresses the wives as well. And he says, in this same manner, be submissive. To your husbands. So, this has an impact on non believers around you as women, and this has an impact on your own family. They may see your conduct and be one to Christ as a result of that. The value and the impact of a godly wife is tremendous. And I'd like to look at that topic for a few moments. Turn to the book of Proverbs chapter 31. I bet you many of you could have guessed what proverb I was going to take you to today. Proverbs chapter 31. And again, I just want to, you know, restate what I said there, that the value and the impact of a godly wife is tremendous. Verse 10, we'll start in verse 10 of Proverbs 31. It says, who can find a virtuous wife? For her worth is far above rubies. Now, I don't want to move past that verse too quickly. A virtuous wife. Now, the word that was used there, in the hebrew for the word virtuous is the word hayil okay it is a word that means strength might ability and efficiency strength might ability and efficiency so who can find a woman like this to be her wife she is extremely valuable she is worthy of a great amount of love to be showered upon her for her strength, for her might, for her abilities, for her efficiency. She is a virtuous woman. Stay right here in Proverbs, but listen to me here as I read to you from Ephesians chapter five. It says husbands love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of the water by the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blem- blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it just as the Lord does the church. So the church, right, us, you and me, the body of believers is so loved by the Lord, so much so that he died for us. And he cleanses us today, of course, by the washing of his word. And we have tremendous value to him. And a wife is of tremendous value as well and should be treated as such. Christ does not abuse His church in any way, shape, or form. He loves us with an unending love. He does not speak condescendingly to us. Uh, He would never abuse us verbally, emotionally, or physically. A wife of godly strength and character is of very high value and the Scripture points that out to us, right? Verse 11, the heart of her husband, back in Proverbs 31 there, verse 11, the heart of her husband safely trust her so he will have no lack of gain. So this is describing a woman whom a man knows that uh, she is committed to her role as a wife, as a helpmeet to Him, right? She's not running off and, and, and running here and there and not taking care of things at home, not caring for the children. This is describing a woman of virtue, of strength, of honor. She is instead using these strengths and abilities to better the home. And, and in the case of a woman with children, she is nurturing the children and caring for them. Titus chapter 2 says that women are to love their own husbands, to to love their children, to be discreet, to be chaste, homemakers, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be blasphemed. Okay? And this kind of woman is what the word is referring to here as a virtuous woman, a godly woman. Now, unfortunately, there are a whole lot of knucklehead husbands out there that don't love and honor their wives. Instead, they do verbally or emotionally or even physically abuse their wives. And I won't hesitate to tell women to drop that creep. You know, um, because Proverbs eighteen twenty two says he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. A man should view his wife as a special favor from God. That's how a godly man will view his wife. But this virtuous woman does what verse 12 here says. She does him good. She does who good? Her husband, right? She does him good and not evil all the days of her life. So what else is this tremendously valuable woman like? Verse 13, she seeks wool and flax and willingly works with her hands. So she's not sitting around watching novellas and topa operas and, and eating bonbons, right? She is like the merchant ship. She brings her food from afar. She also rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household and a portion for her maidservants. She considers a field and buys it from her prophets and plants a vineyard. She girds herself with strength and strengthens her arms. She perceives that her merchandise is good, and her lamp does not go out by night. She stretches out her hand to the distaff, and her hand holds the spindle. She extends her hand to the poor. Yes, she reaches out her hands to the needy. She is not afraid of snow for her household, for all her household is clothed with scarlet. She makes a tapestry for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. So you see, the value of a woman, the value of a wife is enormous. She is strong. She is full of ability. She is worthy of honor. Her husband is known. He is praised For how blessed he is to have such a wonderful, strong, and virtuous woman. And in verse 24, she makes linens, garments, and sells them and supplies sashes for the merchants. Strength and honor are her clothing. She she shall rejoice in time to come. You see, good things await a woman like that. She shall rejoice in time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom and on her tongue is the law of kindness. Wow. So let that sink in. This is this is not a woman known for running her mouth and and speaking ill things. This is a a woman that because she is virtuous, because she is strong with great abilities, because she trusts in the Lord, And she places her faith in him. She speaks wisely and she speaks kindly. Okay? What else does she do? Verse 27 She watches over the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. So again, she's not sitting around. She's not wasting time and money. Instead, she's taking care of things. Verse 28, her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, as he praises her. And listen to the dads out there, to the husbands out there. If this isn't happening with your children, then you should step up and be sure that it does. Don't let your children dishonor the one whom God tells you to honor the one who God in his word places great honor toward a woman, toward a wife. Don't let your children dishonor their mother, right? Step up and do something about that. Make sure that they are rising up and causing, calling her blessed, meaning they're speaking good toward her, right? Verse 29 says, many daughters have done well, but you excel them all. So do you see the point here, ladies, right? Do you you see the point here, wives? Do you see the point here, moms? Lots of women do well in this life, but the godly woman, the virtuous woman, she excels them all. So keep your eyes focused on virtuous things, right? Be good to your husband, not because he is all that, but because you're master in heaven, is all that. And that's who you trust in. Be good to your children because they are a blessing. And serve the Lord by serving your household. You are full of great strength, great abilities, and you need to use them for the glory of God. Don't get caught up in the ways of the world Of looking on the external things that are perishing. Verse 30 says, charm is deceitful and beauty is passing. But a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. So let me tell you something. The world that we live in today may not praise a woman like this. But you husbands should. And your children should as well. And as women you should strive to be who God wants you to be and understand who how he has made you and how fearfully and wonderfully you made you are as a as a woman right verse 31 give her of the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates you know i can't for the life of me understand why anyone would scoff at at scriptures like these but people do people see these verses that we just went through here as a joke or something that they really can't be you know i've been in churches where women downplay these verses but this is god's word to all of us and as we turn back now to first peter chapter 3, again, women have great value on this earth. They have great strengths and great abilities. In many ways, the hand that rocks the cradle really does rule the world. And that's because they spend so much time pouring into their children, And they can impact the future of us all greatly by training up their children and pointing their children in the ways of the Lord. A godly woman that trains up a godly daughter to use her strengths and abilities for the glory of the Lord will impact this world in such a wonderful way. And when it comes to training up a son, do you know that those proverbs, that proverb we just studied, right, that was inspired By a woman, you can go back and look at it when you have a moment. But verse one of Proverbs 31 says the words of King Lemuel, the utterance which his mother taught him. That's where we get Proverbs 31 from what his mom taught him. Right. So Proverbs 31 was written because a mother took time to instill some virtues into her son. And that's why he wrote that. Right. She taught him how to view a woman and a man needs to see and understand the strengths of his wife. And back here now in first Peter, chapter three, verse two speaks of the godly woman and how she influences others, because like it says, when they observe your chaste conduct accompanied by fear so again, Proverbs 31 is the at length description of this godly and reverent woman. Okay? And verse 3 gives us further instruction or gives further instruction to her and says, Do not let your adornment be merely outward, arranging the hair, wearing gold, or putting on fine apparel. In other words, you see, it's not all about that. You know, I heard briefly on the radio this week that a study was done in which uh women were or men were asked what was most attractive to them in a woman and what they did is they compared a woman with very little makeup to a woman with a large amount of makeup and they found that the men were more attracted to the woman with the less makeup. I heard this on Christian Radio. But you know what? Your beauty is not about the outward at all. Who cares what the men think, right? And who cares what other women think? Let your focus be drawn to what God thinks and understanding your worth and your value in accordance with his word. And verse 4 says, rather, let it be the hidden person of the heart with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit which is very precious in the sight of God and that's what you women should care about if you've got again that knucklehead in your life that tells you you need to change this or get a facelift or do this or that you know you need to ignore that because he's missing your real, your real value anyway what your real worth is anyway And when you start living like a godly woman, you're going to have a tremendous impact on him and everyone else around you. You are beautiful by creation of God. Your beauty is deeper than skin, tissue and skeletal, right? Your beauty needs to shine forth like it says there from a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. And let me ask you ladies something. Who do you want to be precious in the sight of more, God or man? And it's kind of a rhetorical question, but it it makes us examine ourselves when we ask these kind of questions. Who do I want to look good to? And if I want to look good to God, then I've got to go back to his word and see what he specifically has for me, how he wants me to live. And that's a question that you can only answer within your own heart, right? But the Bible is telling you here how you should behave on this earth. In verse five, it says, for in this manner, so in other words, just like the way we're talking about right now, in this manner, in former times, the holy women who trusted in God also adorned themselves being submissive to their own husbands. Now, notice there a reason why these holy women could live that way. It was because they trusted in God, like it says there in verse 5. It's not because they had perfect husbands. You know, it's, that's not the reason they lived in this manner. But rather it was because they were committed to God themselves and they were trusting in God. And in verse 6, gives us an example, says, as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. So what does that mean that Sarah called Abraham Lord? It just means that she was submissive to him. He lived like a godly man and and she lived like a godly woman. And it was just that simple. And again, why was she confident enough to be obedient to Abraham? Because she trusted in God. That's why her faith was in God and godly women today are considered in scripture as Abraham or um, as daughters of Abraham, daughters of Sarah. And this verse continues and says whose daughters you are, if you do good and are not afraid with any terror. Now, if you do a study on those words, they are not afraid with any terror. You'll see that it means that You don't take off running. You don't flee the scene. You don't just drop everything and and leave everything behind. That's what that means, not afraid with any terror. And you can do a study on that, right? It's not going to be easy. And sometimes you feel like, I got to get out of here, right? But we need to hang in there. Keep serving God above all else. And while doing so, be submissive and obedient to your husband. So I, I know this is, Mother's Day, but I decided to stay the course of our normal study, which in this case just landed us on these verses for today. So I believe that it's God's will that we study these verses on this day and, and that we are to recognize the importance of women in our lives, wives and, mothers. and then as wives and mothers, you are to recognize your value and your worth to God and how he wants you to live. Right. So by going verse by verse through first Peter, uh, we've been led into a study here that points out to us the great value of a wife, of a woman, of a mother. Right. In the beginning of creation, God looked upon the man that he created and he knew that that man would be incomplete, and he needed someone else, and he needed a woman. He needed a wife. He would be alone, He would, and the feeling of loneliness, God knew, would not be good for that man. And God said it's not good for him to be alone. So he blessed that man tremendously with a woman. And Adam's reaction was one of amazement. He said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. So he now knew for sure that he had all that he needed. Adam did. And Adam didn't even have parents like most of us have had, right? He didn't have a dad and a mom per se. But he knew that a woman was of great value to him. She was worth leaving everyone else You know, for Adam said, therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and they shall become one flesh. Right off the bat, Adam knew the importance of this woman, even though he didn't have an earthly father or mother right there in his life. He knew that this was going to be of great value. You'll leave everything for this. This is amazing here, right? So I would say, Oh, the value of a woman. And greater still, Oh, the value of a godly woman, a virtuous woman. And you know, I'm going to stop here for today, and we will continue with chapter three next week if the Lord tarries and it be his will. But to you, moms, happy Mother's Day. You are a blessing as a mom, you are a blessing as a woman. Don't forget that. Go back to the Word of God and see that. See that. Don't allow this world to distract you and to to put you down. I know it's easy. Sometimes you want to flee. Sometimes you want to run away. Not literally. I know you don't want to run away literally, but sometimes you just get that feeling like it's so overwhelming. It's so hard. But just remember your value. Remember what what God has created you for. And husbands and men remember the value of your wives and of your mothers. Let's pray. Father God in heaven, thank you for this day again, God. Thank you for, as we study your word, Lord, we see just wonderful things, God. And today we can look in and and see a virtuous woman. Lord, we can see the value of a woman, the value of a wife, the value of a mother, Lord, and the impact that she can have on winning others to the Lord. The impact that she can have on a household and and on a society and on our world, Lord. And I pray for the women here today, Lord, that, that you would seal this up in their hearts and in their minds, and that they would rest in you, and that they would trust in you, and that they would keep their hope in you. Lord, look upon their hearts, Lord, as individuals, And bless them, we pray. Lord, as we study your word, we all have the opportunity to grow in the grace and in the knowledge of you. And we thank you for your Holy Spirit, who is the teacher, who is the comforter, who is the counselor, who leads us in these things. We just give you thanks and praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.